and welcome back to another episode of the Brown Taboo Project. Thank you again for lending us your ears time and time again. Uh, It's always a pleasure to be welcomed into your head with our rants and rambles. I am Shreya in New York. Um, I'm Trinish coming at you from sunny San Diego. And today we are joined by Prince Punjwani of Asana Voices, Asana meaning Alliance of South Asians in North America. Um, We actually got connected over um, the issue of heart health, which many of you might be like, what? This is an organization about sexual and mental health. Where does heart health factor into this? And for that, I'm going to ask Prince to, one, introduce himself and also walk us through what the heck is the meaning of heart health and why do we need to care about it? Awesome. Uh, First off, so great to be here. Uh, Wonderful podcast. A little bit about me, uh, Prince Bojwani, co-founder and CEO of Asana Voices, the Alliance of South Asians in North America. Um, Sound of Voices, before getting into it, is uh, a platform to educate and engage South Asians in North America on economic, political, and social issues. Our goal is really to eventually become the infrastructure to drive uh, economic, political, and social change for North Americans. Um, and by doing that, and, and what we do is, uh, you know, first, we raise a lot of awareness through various channels. A lot of people have seen us on TikTok and Instagram. After that, uh, we've built a nationwide network to really get a lot of other organizations involved in raising this awareness. And uh, three, start to use that network as a unified voice to engage with the government that serves us. And I'd be happy to go deeper into all of that in this conversation. Yeah, we love that. I think, I mean, for us, we're like learning alongside everybody who's listening um, Mm -hmm. right now. So like, we also want to learn how to better get involved. Um, And that's why we love having, you know, people and organizations like you and and the Sound of Voices come on and like provide those resources. Exactly. Very cool. Exactly. So, um, so you uh, and a Sound of Voices had kind of reached out and wanted to discuss this um, legislation the South Asian Heart Health Awareness and Research Act. Um, And this is something that we at SESMA had no idea about. It's not really something that had been on our radar. And, um, but it's been, I mean, the statistics around it are kind of mind blowing. So could you like walk us through that? Absolutely. Um, So really quickly, we honestly had no idea about this heart health bill either. Um, And I'm going to refer to this as the heart health bill throughout the conversation. But Mm -hmm. for those of you who are listening, feel free to look up the South Asian Heart Health Awareness and Research Act, which was introduced uh, three separate times by Representative Jayapal, as we all know, from Washington State. We love her. We stand. (laughs) Love from and love. (laughs) And it failed three separate times. And I think it's very important for us to know as we go forward. And that's... uh, really something when I talked about the unification of all of our voices is we want to make sure that that doesn't happen again going forward. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. And so really I'll talk about the bill first and then we can go deeper. 
The bill is exactly, you know, the name, right? Uh, Heart Health Awareness and Research. Um, it's really to raise awareness about the alarming rate of heart disease in the South Asian community throughout the United States. Um, but not just leaving it there. There's, you know, raising awareness can do so much, mm-hmm. but you also need to invest in learning about these issues and these communities that are um, facing these issues. So really, it's invest in um, unlocking institutional funding and uh, research capabilities to really understand how can we not only better understand, but really reverse this deadly trend. So that's what the bill is trying to do. Mm. Um, I'll I'll pause there. If you guys have any other questions, please let me know. I would be happy to continue talking about this. Yeah. Tell us everything. Like Seriously, we know nothing about this. Yeah. (laughs) And I would hazard that a lot of people listening don't either. Yeah. I mean, you're mentioning this is like a deadly trend. Like what, what does that look like, you know? Absolutely. Um, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll walk through a few things that I've learned along the way that has actually made me not only look at my own lifestyle, but talk to my family more and reach out to my friends more. Um, so first off, this is the most mind-blowing statistic that's much more than North America, but really the global South Asian community. So South Asians, as we all know, make up roughly 25% of the world's population but believe it or not, it accounts for 50% of global cardiovascular deaths. That's mind-blowing. That is that's wow. crazy. Absolutely mind-blowing. Yeah, 50% and, is such a high number. Like we're, I mean, that's like two times what it should be, basic, basically. Right. And, and, and to really lean into it a little more, um, believe it or not, South Asians are actually more, more than four to six times likely to have heart disease uh, in the U.S. and Canada than any other ethnic population. So, wow. and this is this is across all age spectrum. It's not fifty plus or sixty plus. This is all ages. Uh-huh. Um, and now, for the younger audience, which I'm guessing is you know the ones that tend to to tune into this podcast, um, they actually develop heart disease ten years earlier than the general population. Oh my um, god! And 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 something even crazier is. The South Asian community that have heart attacks, 25% of them have them under the age of 40 and 50% under the age of 50. So these are all things with this sort of context. It's really, and we're obviously going to dive deeper into it, but mm-hmm. just knowing these stats, there's no way we as a community can turn a blind eye to this. We've, we've faced this for too long. We don't understand it. And the fact that this bill has failed three separate times Mm-hmm. shows me yeah. that a either the government doesn't think it's important enough or b our community doesn't understand that this is important enough to us to get yeah. right that right. is crazy i mean um we're on uh, a zoom meeting here and sria is just sitting here with her jaw like wide open i mean these are really i mean it's really jaw dropping information yeah exactly exactly i you know i think that this is something that um you find out that there are like a lot of minority communities within the u.s actually that have various health problems that are kind of um extreme not extremely but that are uh quite pronounced within those communities themselves and these health issues often don't get the kind of national attention that many other more prominent health issues do, or for example, prominent health issues that maybe affect 
the majority of folks in the yeah. U.S. You know, when you right. have something that is so concentrated and mm-hmm. so deadly, it seems like um, within the South Asian community itself, it's really tragic that uh, it that this bill has not passed three times. Um, you know, even uh, to move on to the Senate when. I mean, these are just like mind-blowing statistics. I cannot believe that like this is not a bigger national conversation, honestly. Absolutely. And, and to be honest, um, I'm so grateful to have, you know, organizations such as yourself who really understand, you know, the issue at hand and realize that lending each other's platforms to raise awareness to really mutually benefit all, you know, the broader South Asian community, at least here in North America, is the way we start, you know, these sort of conversations. So very grateful to have both of you here, uh, enlightening your your audience here as well. Oh, thank you. <laughs> but like, I think it goes back to something you mentioned a little bit earlier about how like learning about this issue, like it inspired you to essentially like talk to your family and friends. And like, that's kind of where it all starts is like, just talking with people like it doesn't matter what the issue is right like it could mm-hmm. be what well, we we tackle a lot of issues on this podcast and through our through our uh, uh organization and it doesn't matter what it is but like you have to start talking in order to do anything about it um and it's such a simple um it is at once simple and sometimes very difficult as well because the end result of these conversations are you know you want your loved ones to maybe change their lifestyle or change their mindset or you know like change is involved obviously but like the first step to change is just talking about it mm-hmm. um and so like for people listening who maybe you know are worried about their parents or their friends or even themselves right like how would they start having these conversations that's such a great question and quite honestly it's almost like a spiritual journey and i'll tell you exactly why so something that we do as a team at Asana Voices is, you know, this is just one issue that we tackle. There's so many, you know, economic, political, and social issues that you really have to approach in a similar way. And as a team, we've decided to really take an introspective lens when we approach these discussions. So really ask yourself first, why is it that you feel a certain way? Why is it that you're approaching this conversation a certain way? What's your intent? What's your goal here? Um, is it really to, you know, achieve something for yourself or are you really trying to do something beneficial for others? And the second thing I would say is to practice patience. Um, and the reason I say that is, you know, when we were all children and our parents were helping us walk, we didn't just start, you know, we didn't get up and just start walking and then running. We got up and we stumbled, we fell, we probably hurt ourselves, but our parents didn't give up. They practiced patience. They held our hands and they helped us continue to walk. And well, at least I, I hope... That's what they did. And uh, not all parents are like that. <laughs> and, and, and what I what I tell everyone is to do the same thing when we're yeah. talking to our peers and our parents who have, you know, we, we're all coming from different journeys. We're all approaching our lives from different angles. So first realize that we're gonna look at issues separately. Mm-hmm. Second is uh I, I would say if we're going to do things. It's really, uh, I, I should break this into four distinct answers. And before getting into that quick disclaimer, I am not a healthcare professional. Um, mm-hmm. So first I'll go into what Asana Voices is doing, what other orgs can do, what individuals can do for themselves, and really 
uh, and I think this is the bulk of it, is what we can do for each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, totally. First, so, so just for some context, Sana Voice has contacted Congresswoman Jayapal of Washington um, really to make sure that she's not giving up this fight. You know, yeah. three three losses, we don't want to stop there. We want to ensure that there's some sort of backing to go back and reintroduce this bill. So we actually asked her to reintroduce this heart health bill on uh, the current session of Congress. And mm-hmm. simultaneously with that, we launched the Save Our Hearts campaign to really continue to raise awareness on this issue in the broader sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, other orgs can obviously, you know, such as yourself, partner with us by just going to sonavoice.org and learn more about it um, and, um, you know, engage and learn how to share uh, or raise awareness in their own communities. But digging deeper into how you can help yourself and others around you, um, first, honestly, just work with a doctor, you know, uh, work with your doctor, chart out a proactive health plan. You can't really help others if you yourself need a lot of help. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I'll go into a story that I actually learned with our um, our uh, cardiologist slash consultant uh, at Asana Voices, and I'll share that right after, about why it's so important, even for young people such as, your, such as yourselves, to go out and do this. Um, mm-hmm. And then for others, it's um, raise awareness. Honestly, raise awareness. Uh, find out the best way to reach your peers, your family members, strangers. And usually that's through... WhatsApp, Telegram, uh, Signal, Instagram, TikTok, whatever. And uh, you can do that, you know, just go to sonavoice.org. There's a bunch of graphics that we've made and we're continuing to roll those out. We're going to look into translating them into a whole host of South Asian languages. So it's just more accessible to others. Absolutely. Um, Now, going into the story that I mentioned, and this was an eye opener for me. Uh, I don't know about about you guys, but I really, especially being in LA, um, it's really sunny here. And I try to take advantage of this by either biking around a lot or running or hiking. And uh, our our, uh, cardiologist that, you know, first on a voice that's helped us throughout this campaign had shared a story of her, uh, a patient that had visited her, uh, her clinic up in San Francisco. So this patient was on, was riding a bike and was tracking to do 40 miles that day. And at mile 27, he had stopped, got off his bike, clutched his chest, and said, wow, something just feels completely off. Mm. And uh, again, you know, someone who rides 40 miles on Sundays and Saturdays, most likely, we would think, would have no reason to do that, right? Right. So what he did was he ended up going to uh, UCSF Medical Center, got checked in, and after some screening, found out that he had um, three of his arteries blocked. Oh, my God. And this person this person was young, I think under the age of 40, um, very fit. Clearly, if you can ride 40 miles, you know, yeah. you're, you're going to be fit. And that, to me, is an eye-opener because we as South Asians just haven't really understood why we've been so disproport- disproportionately affected by uh-huh. such a deadly disease. And mm-hmm. we want to do as much as possible to make sure we as a community help each other, but also get the support of the government that's supposed to, to support us. Yeah. Um, so that's really, you know, that's a story that I want to share with as many people as possible, specifically younger people, because, you know, we really need to take care of ourselves here. Yeah, I think yeah, it comes to the point of like, 
you know, you can give the community statistics and, and this and that, but sometimes like until it affects you, you just like don't care, right? So like, how can you get across that? And I guess it just starts with like, you just gotta like do it. <laughs> like your, your mm-hmm. option, it seems is like, you either like get the disease yourself and suffer the consequences or you lose someone who you love to it. And like, neither of those seem like particularly appetizing options to start caring about heart health. Right. And, and I just want to add one more thing, especially with the context of your own organization. There's so many reasons that people and other institutions, including the Masala study up in UCSF, have kind of pointed to in terms of the risk factors that are specific to South Asians. Mm-hmm. But I think what's interesting here is there's a lot of overlap, as you must know now, is between untreated mental health and mental illnesses mm-hmm. and the risks of heart disease and, you know, further um, worsening that. So mm-hmm. I think that's something really to dive deeper into. There's a lot of overlap between a lot of different issues that we face um, and really you know, just because we're treating heart health doesn't mean it's only heart health. There's so many other things that we can start unlocking and, you know, kind of unveiling in the process. Mm -hmm. It's very important to continue to do that. Yeah, exactly. I think um, one thing that I, I kind of wanted to bring up that, that this reminds me of is that, well, I have um, read some research in the past, you know, among Various Asian American communities, um, many specific communities have many specific health problems. For example, I think there was a case study a while ago where um, hep C or um, one form of hepatitis is basically extremely prevalent among Southeast Asian refugee populations. And so the way that they've been able to like, you know, to, to like they have had to have culturally relevant um, practices to kind of reach out to these communities and educate people within those communities um, on their spe- specific needs and then also like reach them, um, you know, in, in a way that that they can be reached as well. I think that it's so important mm-hmm. to to make sure that our that we tackle the problem of these health issues in a culturally competent manner you know and it it also really evokes for me how important it is to have representation in congress i mean um you know all of the the south asian american representatives in the house have co-sponsored this bill and it's like well say we didn't have any south asian american uh, representation in congress would there even be a bill for this i mean you know that is it's so important to have advocates within your own community um, that are pushing the federal government and as well, you know, people recognizing that, well, to reach a certain community that's having a problem, you need to like work within the community and reach out within that community. It's just, um, it's just like a very classic example to me of like why cultural competence and like, you know, really like almost like an, an, intersection of identities is important to consider when you're talking about you know even something as seemingly um as seemingly like uh fact or like uh like non-identity based as 
medical health, like, you know, but. Mm -hmm. You're absolutely right. And to be honest, it's not, you know, this is a conversation that can really unpack a lot, but it's at that point, it's not even just about the South Asian community, right? We can, we see the same thing with, uh, at least here in LA, but I know nationwide, I'm pretty sure it's the same. Um, There's a reason why there's a strong level of distrust in the vaccine rollout mm-hmm. in the black and Latin populations, specifically mm-hmm. in urban, you know, metro areas. Yeah. Right. And you can't roll out a vaccine in a blanket uh, way and assume that everyone is going to start trusting it because quite honestly, yeah. there's some strong historical context as to why there's that level of distrust. And if yeah. we don't, you know, take the time. And when I say we, it's, us as a community, but then be as a government that's supposed to serve all pockets of all these communities. Mm-hmm. Um, if we don't look deeper into this, we're just going to become more and more culturally incompetent, yeah. which is the wrong direction to head in because the way this country's headed is, it, you know, it, you're just involving more and more cultures and you really need to get ahead of the curve. And uh, mm-hmm. again, the fact that the, you know, the South Asian Heart Health Awareness and Research Act has failed three separate times is a indicator of a much larger problem. And, uh, you know, I can, I can go on and on about that. But you, you hit it completely dead on. And I, I applaud you for that. Um, so, Prince, I have one other question for you, which is that does this mean that I can't have samosas anymore? Like, like, what is samosas? You know. We're Bengali. We live on yeah. a lot. <laughs> I, I, I cook in ghee. Like, I cook in ghee nowadays, not in oil. So maybe, maybe I should, I should switch over to some something more heart healthy. Honestly, listen, listen. So, it, it, I, I would, I would be lying to you if I said I had completely upended, you know, all parts of my lifestyle after learning about this. Um, and, and, you know, based off discussions that we've had with various heart health specific organizations and our mm-hmm. house cardiologists, um, what we've really told people is, you know, we've explained all the various risk factors that are specific to, or that seem to be specific to South Asians. So be mindful of all of that, talk to your doctor, but also understand that you can enjoy all these things, but just in moderation, um, you know, uh, practice, the fork put downs more often than not, you know, that's, you know, and it's just a few of these things. Um, but it's, you know, I would be lying to you if I had said I had stopped eating samosas as well. <laughs> but, really what I, <laughs> but really what I've done is uh, just looked at everything holistically and practice. Okay. Well, how much of my mental health am I actually taking care of? Because stress is mm-hmm. a huge, huge part of why South Asians uh, tend to have um, heart disease 10 years earlier than the general population. Wow. And, you know, and, and uh, so that's, it starts from there. And then looking into our diets. Yeah. You know, we, we claim, you know, for the most part, a lot of South Asians tend to be vegetarians, a lot of them, not everyone. Mm-hmm. And they think vegetarians are equated to healthy, but it's not because Mm-mm. our vegetarian food is dipped in ghee and oh my mm, God, all these things. And, yeah. and it's not, we have to read, you know, we have to look at that. And then three is, how do we talk to our parents? Because when we spend, you know, our weekends at our parents' house, we completely forget all these healthy practices and we just immerse ourselves in these amazing 
foods and desserts snacks, <laughs> and you know we're spoiled so it's one of, it's it's a combination of all of these things that we've talked about earlier but really understanding these risk factors that are more likely specific to south asians and working mm. backwards from there mm-hmm. exactly yeah i know for for me myself my kitchen that i make is more of like a key delivery mechanism <laughs> <laughs> um but you know it's very true whenever uh me or any of y'all i'm sure visit home it is just a feast you know we south asians we love to eat um and so you know but it gives us back to that like cultural competency like if food is like how we like engage in our culture like how do we bring the health into that like conversation that like health aspect into that conversation as right. well mm-hmm. yeah it, it it's and it and it's like if if it was easy this would have been done by now there would have right. been no <laughs> right. exactly right um, and it starts from i tell people who try to build communities that a community doesn't necessarily have to be a hundred a thousand or a million people it can really start with mm-hmm. one-on-one conversations exactly. and really you're most likely to have more impact within your your trusted circle mm. and what people tend to forget is that conversation you know sometimes fortunately and unfortunately doesn't stay within that circle sometimes it propagates outside of that mm-hmm. and you just got to think of this the same way you know sit down with your friends and family talk about these things um, mm-hmm. practice patience understand that there's no change overnight because more likely us three we've had to change our lifestyles at some point And it didn't happen overnight. You know, it took Mm -hmm. months and months and maybe years. Um, And uh, it it really starts there. And it's not going to be an overnight thing. It's definitely not. But I think it's going to take a broader coalition of really forward-thinking South Asian organizations such as yourself and Sound of Voices and various others who've partnered with us along the way. And Mm -hmm. two, really those who come to understand that this is quite frankly one of the most important issues for our community because mm-hmm. quite honestly our lives depend on it mm-hmm. totally. exactly exactly totally. so would it be fair to say that like every time a parent relative or community member asks if you're going to be a doctor or a scientist or engineer you can counter and be like have you gone to the doctor and asked about your heart health <laughs> you first you first <laughs> you first then i'll answer yeah yeah <laughs> so you, uh, something like that something <laughs> i'm like not that. saying that <laughs> but if you ever were thinking of like you need a an, a conversation icebreaker to break this up yeah that's probably how i'd go about it and then I'd <laughs> but maybe right. not <laughs> Yeah, so, you know, maybe for every samosa, you give them a serving of salad or walk and eat, the, eat that samosa simultaneously. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of interesting things that you can do. Um, and I would definitely say, you know, it, it would be best to really just work with, um, you know, your doctor and understand how do you build that healthcare plan, not only for yourself, but ask them, well, how do I boil this? Because, I mean, you guys know healthcare professionals really take these complicated subjects and dumb it down for all of us. So mm-hmm. how do we do that for our family and friends mm. who have quite honestly been these brick walls for such a long time yeah. right. you know, when it comes to not only this problem, but really politics and anything else. And I know we can talk about this for on and on and on, um, mm-hmm. but really ask for that guidance and just, you know, relay that to, to them. And I'm, I'm very certain, you know, you're going to see 
over time some sort of positive impact exactly totally. Totally. it does take it does take conversation to uh get to someone who is really like set in their ways right you know i'm sure we've all had uncles and aunties and maybe even our parents say things about like oh xyz food is healthy when like you know damn straight that's not healthy right mm-hmm. it's just uh, <laughs> it's just you, you know when someone comes in with with certain assumptions um it really is like sitting down at the dinner table and talking about it over um weeks and weeks and months that slowly i think um helps to break down people's uh previous perceptions and uh really mm-hmm. kind of move the conversation forward um prince uh, where can we find a sound of voices and where can we find resources to help us with this conversation uh, absolutely um so to 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 learn more about a sound of voices uh, you can check out asanavoices.org. That's our website. Uh, we've changed the homepage to feature the Save Our Hearts campaign, which is exactly where you'll learn about uh, the heart health bill that I mentioned earlier, what we're doing um, to get access to all these graphics that we're rolling out uh, with mm-hmm. you know a bunch of our partners. Um, so that's a great starting point. We're always updating with more facts there um, to engage with us on social media. We really only deal with Instagram and TikTok, and we're at Asana Voices on both of those. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Prince. This has been a really enlightening conversation for us both here at SASMA. And, uh, you know, I think that we've all come uh, out of it with something that we can do and a little bit more awareness of what's going on in our community. So thank you so much uh, for joining us today. if you like what you heard today, you can follow us, Sasma, at, at, at South Asian SMH on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also hit us up at our website, www.sasma.org. Um, if you ever want to reach out, if you have an idea for a new episode, a collab, a workshop, anything, definitely reach out to us on any of the aforementioned platforms. Uh, and if you want to donate a little bit of moolah, definitely hit us up at paypal.me slash sasma as well. That's S-A-S-M-H-A. This has been a really great episode. We hope to catch you all next week. Thank you. Thank you, Prince. Thank you all. Thank you. Bye. <laughs>